boys. That's how we should start. No, I'm not <laughs> fisting you two fuckers. <laughs> it's Friday! You know what that means! A new era of professional wrestling starts right now with AEW Rampage! It's historic, guys. It's historic. This is the first time ever John Moxley is leading both the SmackDown post show as well as the AEW Rampage post show. John Moxley is everywhere. He's back. And of course, they had to reference him on WWE television as part of the Seth Rollins and Roman Reigns thing. And then, of course, he comes out and he starts off the show against all ego Ethan Page. What do you think, Jimmy T? Are you happy to see Moxley back? I am, but damn, he looks like Dean Ambrose right now. Yeah, he he kind of does. Moxley seems way more swall than Ambrose was. He's definitely slimmed down a bit. Chris, what did you think of the Moxley return tonight? Mox looked good to you? Yeah, it was a good match. Uh, it was a good segment. Um, he looked slim down, but not slim. Really? Like... Um, he still, you know, he's still got big old muscles in his chest. He still looks like he's been working out. He looks like a healthy professional wrestler. So, yeah, I was happy to see him. He looked great. I was a little confused by the decision to have him go 12, 13 minutes with all ego Ethan Page. Um, we'll, we'll talk about Ethan Page here shortly. But for the Moxley return match, Jimmy T, I kind of thought that Moxley would just come out and destroy somebody, not come out and, you know, oh, I'm kind of ring rusty and I, I'm, I'm having a hard time finding my footing and I'm, I'm slimmed down so I don't have quite all the power that I normally have, like, all of a sudden, Moxley became CM Punk, like, you know, three months ago. <laughs> That's a good call, actually, Jago. And yeah, man, uh, I, I don't understand why they threw it. Look, it's AEW, guys. Let's be honest, all right? Valid. Anyone against anybody pretty much has to fight for their life. Just like when uh, Kenny Omega faced that Angel guy. I forgot his first name. Alan. Dark Order. Oh, Alan Angels. That's it. Yep. And uh, how long did they go for? Like a good 15 minutes? Yeah, but at least there was a story there because like Alan Angles had went like a, a long time with Kenny once before. Like maybe right. Alan Angles was just randomly that one guy that happened to have Kenny Omega's number. Well, right. But it happens more often with everybody. I mean, look, look with Adam Cole even and Orange Cassidy. I, I'm sure that's going to go for Ugh. a good 20 minutes. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So I look at it. Right, so I look at it the same way over here, man. It was a great match. Don't get me wrong; it was it was good, but he should have had a squash match or something like that. You know what I'm saying? 
It was yes, a good but match. Unfortunately, Sean Spears was already busy this week. So, <laughs> well, I mean, I guess my thing, Chris, is like it was a good match, but was having a good match really what Moxley needed in his return? I guess that's my question. I'm not sure. I think that you, I think that there's two different ways that you can book that. You can book it either as, um, you know, he comes back, he squashes somebody, looks great, everybody's excited to see him. Um, but I think that they are telling a story that he's coming back from a very difficult time, which he is, um, and that he struggled for a while, which he did, um, and that coming back isn't going to be as easy as maybe people want it to be, which I think is actually a really interesting story. Um, and I'm glad that they didn't just sacrifice Ethan Page. They had him have a, a good match with some good offense. Um, I like this. I uh, Like I said, I think that there are two different ways that you could do this with him coming back, and I think that they chose the less obvious way, so I'm happy with it. It's Rampage Uncaged, presented by the Hameen Media Group, channelattitude.com. I'm your host, Dr. Charco, Ph.D., and I am joined alongside my two favorite jabronis. That's right. First, he's the COVID kid from Down Under. He's the GAG from the PWC. What's happening, my man, Jimmy T? What's what's the haps? What's the haps, fellas? Man, it's I'm all good, man. It's just really hot down here, man. <laughs> I just need to stop the heat, man. Stop I want some heat. cold. Stop the heat. We haven't even been in positive temperatures in like 48 hours here in the Hawkeye State. Chris, I know that you feel my pain. Hit him with no BS. Yeah, it's been uh, it's been minus 35 here. Actually, yesterday we, we couldn't uh, – like I run equipment um, as like my day job. We literally had to take the day off because the equipment gets so brittle and everything gets so breakable at that temperature that if you start moving stuff around, you're just going to break it anyway. So – yeah, we just decided to take the day off. So um, fuck you and your heat, Jimmy. Well, yeah, I guess <laughs> I will apologize to Jimmy because the reason that you're getting so much heat is because I'm single-handedly <laughs> trying to kill the planet. It is so freaking cold in Iowa that when I went to work last <laughs> night, I just left my fucking car running all night for eight <laughs> no. goddamn hours. I never wait, wait, shut wait. the son of a bitch off because if I shut it off, it wasn't going to start again. Wait, That's wait. the reality of how damn cold it was. Did you really do that? Honest to freaking God. Wow. Burned a quarter of a tank of gas overnight. <laughs> you read my mind. Yep. Shit. No That's shit. Crazy. I'm single-handedly like trying to kill the now. planet. Wow. That's Screw crazy. All you, you know what? It's worth it. I will pay $85 just so I'm not stuck at freaking work. Just so I can come <laughs> home in the morning. You know what I mean? I feel you. Man, happy. that's crazy. I've never felt that that sort of weather, man. So I, I don't it know how burns. it feels that it bad. Burns. Huh? That's the only Dang. thing I can say. It burns. Let's, uh, let, you know what else burns? All ego Ethan Page. He burns in the best <laughs> sort of way. Um, I, I love all ego ethan page i i always have i the, he reminds me so much of canyon as i was watching yeah. this match tonight I, I saw it again where it's just like god this guy is just so good there's just something missing and i can't put my finger on it jimmy t because he's he's got the personality he's got a great look he's very serviceable inside of the ring what's missing with all ego ethan page probably the connection with the crowd man if he had a proper connection with the fans, I think he'd be a superstar. And and don't get me wrong, I wasn't his biggest fan originally, but he's grown on me. You know what I mean? I didn't mind his work in TNA or Impact Wrestling, whatever you want to call it. But I think he's much better right now, man. But for whatever reason, they're just he's not 
connecting with the fan base, man. Yeah, there's certain guys like Kenny King over in Ring of Honor. I always felt that way about like it, he just doesn't doesn't connect for one reason or another. Matt Taven has a bit of that. Um, Scorpio Sky, I think, has a bit of that. Chris, is, is there anything about all ego Ethan Page that you can just put your finger on and say this is what it is? This is what's missing from his package. Yeah, a dedicated push. Um you give him time on every single week um, to do something interesting. Um, and if you do that for about six weeks, you'll, you'll have a, a ready-made uh, star on your hands, uh, either as a heel or a face. He can work both. Um, and he, and he does both with subtle variations to his, to his craft. Um, Ethan page is the truth in professional wrestling. And uh, he's just waiting for somebody to tell it. That's it feel the same way about Scorpio sky. Like somebody yep. just get behind him and push him because all, both yep. of those guys, all they do is get themselves over. I mean, six sustained weeks. That's it. Yeah. That's all right. you need. Consistency. We don't have consistency in AEW, and that's the problem either as a single or as part of the tag team, like either way. I just, I, I, I don't get it. I don't get it because, and like Frankie Kazarian's kind of in that category too, where it's like, he's so good that they know they could, he can go in there with anybody and have a good match. It's just, they always have him lose that match. And it just, it drives me freaking insane. I don't it's get true. it. And you forget that sometimes until he was on dynamite last night or on Wednesday. And you realize that he's actually quite good. He's very good. He's just become that Mr. Fix it. Now, you know, that good yep. hand. Yeah. And it's it's a shame that being a good hand is sometimes, you know, just a detriment to your character. And they just use you to get other guys over who aren't necessarily a good hand. It's true. I don't get it. Let's talk a little bit about Brian Danielson. As Moxley was making his exit tonight, we see the appearance of the American Dragon. It's the first time that we've seen him since Hangman Page bloodied him up and left him for dead and pinned him to retain the AEW World Championship. And now it seems as though he's going to come after John Moxley. Uh, there's a couple different ways this thing could go, Chris. Like, is this going to be a respectful, I want to just kick your ass because you are the biggest, baddest dude here? Or is this going to be, I'm a vegan and I don't drink alcohol and I'm better than you and you're a bum because you had to go to rehab and, oh, wait, no, this isn't the <laughs> yeah. WWE. They don't do those kind of storylines in AEW. Um, I'm really not sure that John Moxley is capable of having a I respect you and you respect me type feud right now. I hope they don't do that. I think he's too hot to be doing something that tepid. Um, also just to point out, this is a continuation of what should have been the finals of the tournament, um, before That's Moxley true. ducked out. Um, I mean, you know, not disrespect, I'm not being disrespectful when right. I say that he ducked out because he needed to go get himself taken care of. Um, but that should have been the finals of the tournament, um, for the number one contenders for the number one contendership. So it's going to be interesting to see what they do here. Um, I'm, they're going to be very, very tempted to turn uh danielson back face um and i hope they don't do that because i think that these guys can get over in just a um i'm a badass and you're a badass and we're gonna see who's the biggest badass fuck you no fuck you type feud yeah i'm i think they're going to be very very tempted to kind of correct course uh, because it does seem like Moxley was going to be the heel he was going to be the guy that was positioned opposite of adam page Jimmy T, let's not get cute with this thing. I don't need a double turn inside of this feud. Like, just no, just please, no, but please, but 
that yes, being sorry. said, I don't know who wins this feud either. As I kind of look at it on paper, like both Stupid. guys, like this just, it doesn't seem like the right time to go to this program. <laughs> it's so dumb, dude. Both these guys need to win next. Like, and when I say win, I'm not talking about like Moxley tonight. I mean, like a big win, you know what I mean? Right. And I've got a bad feeling I hope they don't do this. They could go either way. It's it's a hard one, but I've got a feeling Daniel Bryan, I mean, Brian Danielson is going to probably end up losing this match. Yeah. And I don't like that either because I mean, I just don't feel like you want to push Danielson down the card because he is red freaking hot as a right. heel now. Well, they're going to get the extinguisher out and just go roll right all over him because yeah, it is a dumb matchup, dude. They shouldn't have this matchup right now. And I don't think Moxley's even ready to be put through the paces with Brian Danielson in a match that could probably go for a good 30 minutes. And the other thing that I always worry about when it comes to two guys like Brian Danielson and John Moxley, Chris, is we have to make sure this does not feel like Daniel Bryan versus Dean Ambrose. <laughs> Yeah, they're going to be careful about it. Um, I have an idea of what they could do uh, to get themselves out of this booking um, because it is one of those situations where you look at it and you think, gosh, like, can either guy really take the loss? Um, I, I would be very interested. I think it would be a very interesting um, story to tell if you have uh, uh, Brian Danielson. Sorry, that's, that is going to take me forever to get that right, <laughs> like, con consistently. But if you have Danielson win, and you have Moxley just uh, shoot some at-home promos where he's questioning if he can do it um, without the demons, if he's if he's able to be John Moxley without having the demons in his head. Um, I think that that's uh, I, I think that that's realistic even for people who have done who have dealt with uh, addictions in their lives um, to wonder if they are who they used to be if they no longer have those addictions in their lives. I know that that may be triggering for some people. But I also think that it's the most interesting story that they can possibly tell with these two moving forward in the program right now. Yeah, have Danielson just come out and be like, I am the demon. Yep. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I can get behind that. Let's talk about, uh, let, let's go back to Dynamite and talk about Christian and Billy Gunn. I mean, you want to talk about something that felt WWE. This was, this was pretty much it, right? I mean, it's like, holy shit, it's 1999. All of a sudden, <laughs> we got Christian and Billy Gunn. They're, they're, they're getting ready to throw down for the tag team titles. It's going to be the New Age Outlaws versus Edge <laughs> and Christian, right? Yeah. Um, where, where the hell is Edge and Road Dog? Right? Like, what the hell's going on? Well, I mean, don't, don't be asking where the hell Road Dog is. He might yeah, be the next one on the way exactly. to AEW, right? <laughs> uh, but so we got Jurassic Express and the Gun Club. Um, and, and I one thing I did like, was them putting Christian putting over that the gun club. Yeah. You guys got a lot of wins, but you haven't beat anybody. Like, like it, it, it's great that you're winning all these matches on dark, but <laughs> beat somebody. Right. And so instead they just beat up Christian, which I thought was rather entertaining <laughs> because, you know, I don't like Christian, but now Jurassic <laughs> express is pissed. You got jungle boy backstage cutting a promo tonight. And then Luchasaurus does his <laughs> thing, which just, drives me absolutely freaking insane i absolutely hate it um but you know what else i hate jungle boy with a microphone jimmy t oh. so, somebody teach jungle jack perry how the <laughs> hell to talk i mean like i'm almost relieved that christian is their manager at this point because at least they have somebody that can talk on a microphone because oh. jungle boy got a long way to go with that promo 
a long way to go. And Luchasaurus really has a long way to go too on the on the stick, man. You think he can improve his <laughs> <laughs> You think, right? But uh I guess wasn't he like a real smart guy, right? He's supposed to be like a PhD type of guy. Well, yeah, but I mean, he hasn't said anything other than well, for like five years. And that's my point. <laughs> so, I mean, what's the point, right? Yeah, man. Jungle Jack Perry, as JR likes to call him, man, he needs to either go to acting school or, or start looking at himself in the mirror with a stick and practice, practice, practice because... Yeah, I, just, he sucks, I don't man. understand. How is the son of Luke Perry, a guy <laughs> as pretty as Jungle Boy, a guy with as much natural charisma inside the ring as Jungle Boy, and the red light goes on if he has a microphone in his hand, all of a sudden he just what the hell, Chris? Like this dude, like I've never seen it. Like it's it's something inexplicable to me. How you can have so much charisma inside of the ring and that connection with the fans, but you can't cut a promo to save your goddamn life. Yeah, you know what it kind of feels like to me is it feels like um, he's had people in his ear his whole career telling him, oh, you're great, man. You're That, that was great when you went out there. That was just super good because, I, I mean, somebody needs to tell him, hey, hey, Jack, that sucked, man. Like, like, I love you. You know, you got something we want. We want to push you. But, I mean, this is a guy who's been proclaimed one of the four pillars of AEW before he's done anything, before he's even – before he can even have, like, really technically solid matches in the ring. Like, I'm not saying he's not talented. I'm not saying he doesn't have charisma or potential. He does. But this is the same thing that people are right now doing with Hook. Like, oh, he's the next big, big thing. He's, he's, he's a brand-new wrestler. He's got some good charisma. He's got a good look. He's got good instincts. But could he still fuck this up? Could he still be a really bad pro wrestler six months from now, a year from now? Yeah. Same thing with Jack Perry. He's not somebody who you call a pillar of your company at this point. He's pretty good. He's got a good look. He's got charisma. But the guy needs to learn how to cut a promo. Just Even if it's just as simple as telling him, hey, keep it simple, just say, uh, hey, Gun Club, you think it was you think it was funny to jump our manager? Well, next week we're gonna kick your ass. That's it. <laughs> Drop the mic, walk away. You don't have to have a soliloquy every single time you have a, a promo. Just we're gonna kick your ass. See you next week. Blah. That's the Blah. promo. Yeah, that's the promo. <laughs> it's just god Blah. awful. God awful. Uh, let's talk about Trent. Trent take on Nick Jackson. I was disappointed. I was really looking forward to Rapungi Vice versus the Young Bucks. And I know that AEW fans don't view Trent or Rocky Romero as legitimate threats to the Young Bucks when you look at the booking inside of AEW. But on Dynamite, I thought they had a great video package about how Rapungi Vice has kind of owned the Young Bucks. Like if you look back throughout their time in independent professional wrestling, Rapungi Vice has beat the Young Bucks more than the Young Bucks have beat Rapungi Vice. Uh, so I was actually really looking forward to this. We haven't seen Rapungi Vice team in quite a while. And Jimmy, I, I 
know you've been watching New Japan long enough. You remember those matches from of inside course. of the Tokyo Dome from Ryukuko <laughs> Sumo Hall. I mean, Rapungi Vice was a legit freaking tag team before Rocky Romero kind of became a, a more of a full-time comedy character and Trent went off and joined the heavyweight division only to get stuck with Chucky e. T and form <laughs> the best friends. Yeah, I mean, and, and yeah, Rapungi would... Rapunky 2K were, were great, man. You know what I mean? I mean, seriously, they were, they were good. But do we really need them back now? I mean, come on. I mean, I'm I'm fine with. I don't need it full time, right? You know, but but for a one off, like I could see like Trent being like, okay, best friends can't get this thing done. I know who can get this thing done. I'm calling it my boy Rocky Romero, and we're gonna kick the young bucks ass. Like I could get down with that if they had only told that story, Chris. Yeah, I'm. I mean. It's one of it's one of the biggest problems that I that I have with AEW right now is that um, they tell half stories. Um, yes, they start telling a story and then they show you the ending. There's no middle uh, to anything that they're doing. Sometimes there's not even a beginning. Sometimes they just show you the ending. Um, and I'm not sure if this is just a fundamental problem with their understanding of storytelling in general, or if it's just you know the the owner is a little bit scatterbrained in terms of what he wants done. Um, but whatever it is, yeah, they need to tell, uh, proper stories with a beginning, a middle and an end. Um, and I'm with you. I actually, I really liked the package on dynamite. I thought it was a really nice video package. And, um, if, if, if it was Rapungi vice against anyone other than the young bucks or the Lucha brothers, I would have been excited for the match too. So I think my virtue over at nodq.com made this comment the other day and I've been thinking about it and I think he's absolutely right that for the casual viewer AEW Dynamite and AEW Rampage is the worst wrestling program on television because you have no idea what's going on if you are a casual viewer of the product I think my problem with AEW at this point is they expect their fans have all this presumed knowledge that they all the fans know all this history. All the fans are watching being the elite. They're all watching AEW Dark. They're all watching Dark Elevation. They're watching all this shoulder content, as Cody dubbed it, that Cody told us we didn't have to watch to enjoy AEW Dynamite or AEW Rampage. And, and I think there is a way to do that, but you can't just presume that all of your fans are doing homework to watch your fucking television show. And that's very much the way I feel about AEW at this point. I mean, I enjoy it, but I know a lot of this history. Jimmy T, if you're somebody brand new to AEW, this has to be the most confusing goddamn television show in history. Absolutely spot on, Jago. If you don't have a clue what's going on in the business, you do not have a clue what's going on in AEW because... <sighs> They don't explain anything to you, right? They do like what Chris said, like sort of half stories and then expect you to figure out the rest. I just don't understand how they continue to make this mistake. I really don't. And no one's speaking up, clearly. I think they're just so inside of their own damn bubble that they just can't imagine that there's anybody outside of that bubble. <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm puzzled, dude. I'm confused. Put it that way. Yeah, I, I think that's the biggest problem. Uh, and, and I think there's a lot of people very confused by tonight's result 
with Trent going over Nick Jackson, the way that the young bucks have been booked versus the way that, that Trent has been booked over his time inside of AEW. I expected this. I was not surprised at all because I, I view Nick Jackson as a great tag team wrestler. I've seen Nick Jackson in singles matches. He doesn't win a whole lot of them. He's just not booked strong as a singles wrestler. Trent has always been booked stronger as a singles wrestler than Nick. Chris, were you surprised by this result? I was not. And for the same reason, um, you know, as much as I dislike the Young Bucks matches, and I do, um, you know, I, I do at least follow along with what's going on to try to see where they're booking. And they've always um, appeared, at least, to um, subscribe to the idea that as a tag team, they can take singles losses and not be uh, watered down as a tag team, uh, which used to be a fundamental thing in all of professional wrestling. If you were a tag team specialist, that meant that you generally took a pin in singles matches. Um, Yeah, and in, in terms of, you know, the, you know, there's too much shoulder content, everybody's supposed to be watching the shoulder content. I've used a phrase before to describe AEW and what they're doing, and that's preaching to the choir. Um, if you're preaching to the choir, what, you, what it means is that you're, you're, you're trying to preach to the people who are already there and we're going to show up anyway. You're not actually going to get anybody new in the door because you're preaching in the wrong direction. You need to turn around and try to get the new people in the door because the choir is staying because they want to sing. Um, AEW's crowd, they're there because they want to sing. They're going to show up. There's not. There's really almost nothing that this company can do to fuck that up. Um, they need to turn around and start trying to get some more people in the door. Um, and right now, all they're doing is just, I mean, they're telling half the story. And I guess the other half is in the PWI. I, and right. I'm not reading that. Yep. Agreed. Uh, Jimmy, I... As far as Trent getting the win here, and as long as this match went on, and I mean, maybe this is kind of a signature win for Trent on his return to AEW, it seems as though we're really trying to reframe Trent at this point. Are you on board with the reframing of Trent? Or, I mean, even the gear tonight, like it wasn't as loud and crazy as we typically see out of Trent. He was more serious inside of the ring. I, what do you think of the reframing of Trent here? It still feels the same, Jago, to be honest, though, man. He still feels the same. You know what I mean? Like, sure, there's subtle changes, but I really think it's smoke and mirrors. I don't think they're going to do really too much with Trent. They'll tell their little story right now, then forget it even happened. That's that's what I think is going to happen, but we'll see. Maybe they will do a story, a proper story with Trent. Maybe he leaves best friends. You know what I mean? And if that happens, cool. I'm down for that. But if they're going nowhere with this, then what does this win mean for him? Right. Yeah. It, it, I'm, I'm kind of curious to see where we see Trent the next time we see Trent. Right. Mercedes and Thunder Rosa, they're going to have a fight. We don't know when, but they're going to have a fight. Um, I, I, I'm already kind of over this. Um, this has been going on for what two, three weeks at this three point weeks. since Mercedes Martinez debuted, attacks Thunder Rosa. Thunder Rosa kind of retaliates. Now we're getting the video package. Can we just announce when the hell they're gonna fight? I that's all I just tell they've, me when they've, they've killed Mercedes Martinez already, Jago. Just tell me when she's dead, she's done. They could have strike striked when the iron was hot, and what do they do? Nothing. Damn. Chris, I kind of felt like as much as 
I think Jungle Jack Perry is a is a terrible promo. I didn't care for the Thunder Rosa promo inside of this video package either. I felt like she was a little exposed tonight too. Yeah, uh, Thunder Rosa is not a great promo. Um, she she's well protected in what she is capable of doing, and that's generally speaking in uh, you know twenty second clips. Mm-hmm. Um, usually, it comes off as pretty good. Uh, tonight didn't, it seemed like she was given some material that maybe she wasn't comfortable with. Um, but usually she comes off as a little bit better than this because they protect her. They don't make her get into details about, I'm going to do this, that, and the other thing. And then you did this, and then I'm going to do that. And this is going to happen. And when, when I don't know. Um, and her character is a lot better off if she can just say something like, um, you know, you jump me, we're going to fight next week. That's what's happening see you in the ring um and when you when you don't give again i mean when you don't give these characters a date to look forward to uh or something that the audience can look forward to you're just you're just spinning your wheels this is not progression and that's the thing that i think sometimes gets lost with this company they believe it's progression to just do a video package and it's not unless you progress you can make a progression with video package um, but just doing a video package where people are just saying, I don't like you. Well, I don't like you too. Well, okay, then that's not <laughs> progression. I think the, the problem that I have though, is as I look at this AEW women's division, I'm looking for who is going to be the person to take the championship from Britt Baker. And I thought that person was Thunder Rosa but Brit supplies something to that TV show that Thunder Rosa cannot, and that is she can go out there and she can stand in the middle of the ring on a microphone for 10 minutes and carry a segment. Now, Jimmy T, I'm kind of rethinking who do I want to take this belt from Britt Baker? And I don't, I don't, I have no idea. <laughs> There's nobody right now, dude. And first of all, what happened to Jamie Hayter? I don't like, know what's going on with Jamie Hayter. Like, what happened to that sort of developing storyline where Jamie mm-hmm. Hayter seemed like she was going to turn on Brit? Well, that just went. We oof. had the beginning of a story, right? Yeah, and then nothing. We're not yeah. going to get a middle, and we'll get an end probably. You, you know what you we know what need? We, we what's we, that? We need Tony Storm. I mean, like, oh, absolutely. I, I, I mean, right now, I, I think somebody not even inside of the company is the best option to take the title off of. Britt yeah, Baker. I mean, because I, I thought it was Thunder Rosa, and now I'm kind of finding myself questioning that. Man, they're good at at ice cooling wrestlers that are hot. Man, they can do that in just a heartbeat. Now Thunder Rosa, she's she was so over for so long, and now I well, feel like I, no, and I mean, it, this is a it, directly a result of that video package promo right. tonight for me because it it really hit me. I was like, oh crap, like. It, if Thunder Rosa takes that title, we're going back to basically when Hikaru Shida had the title because she couldn't cut a promo and Riho when she couldn't cut a promo. And when Riho and Shida had that title, that's when everybody was like, the, the AEW women's division is just not clicking. The, the AEW women's division is clicking because of Britt Baker. You need somebody that can anchor these damn segments I mean, I think Thunder Rosa is way beyond Britt Baker inside of the ring. But when it comes to star power and presentation, Britt is blowing that entire division out of the water. Big time, man. Big time. 
And it's true. It's like they're, they're holding down the rest of the women's division. The only one that can get close is actually Jade Cargill, believe it or not. And I'm talking about yeah. it in terms of star power and yep. stuff like that. And I think they've done well to actually have them completely separated in two different worlds, man. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like they're just, they're nowhere near each other. Maybe could we get a super sort of match between Jade Cargill and Britt Baker for all the belts? I mean, I mean, that, that doesn't even sound appealing to me, but right. I mean, but you said at this point, I, I, I feel like Tony Storm is the best option well, here. I really do. Storm, right. If it's not Tony Storm, then maybe we get something like that for like double or nothing. Who knows? Chris, do you have any suggestions where, where we take the AEW women's division at this point? Uh, I think at this point, there are only a few people who are even over in the women's division. Um, I think that if you don't feel comfortable with Rosa as a champion, which I do, I think she'd make a good transitional champion, but I think she'd have to be a transitional champion because you're right. She doesn't have the ability to, to hold your attention throughout a segment that way. Um, she just but she can't be, hold court. Yeah, but she'd be just fine as a transitional champion if you wanted to get the belt on somebody else. The problem is that the only other women in the division, um, other than Britt Baker, who are over at all, are heels. Yeah. Um, the only other women in the division who are over are Jade Cargill, who right now is your TBS champion, and I don't think is ready for the primetime slot of, of cutting a promo every single week. And um, like, I don't think she's any more ready than, than Thunder Rosa for that. Oh, no. We'll, um, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about Jade when we get to your main event. And the, the only other the only other women that I the woman that I could see who I would trust with a microphone and also to just do a great segment every single night is another heel in the company and that's Serena Deeb. Serena. So if they wanted to switch the title to Rosa and then have Serena Deeb uh, as your world champion, I think that she could bring a different kind of charisma. She doesn't have the same kind of energy, that same kind of bubbliness that Britt Baker has, even as a heel. Uh, right. But she does she does have a legitimacy that I don't think anybody else in the division has either. So that would well, be my decision. I feel like we're dangerously close to Serena Deeb turning babyface after what I saw on Dynamite. Like people are getting behind Serena Deeb just because she's a badass. Yep. Well, if you notice, see, there's a pattern. They've separated the three women they think are the most over. Man, you got Jade Cargill doing one thing. You got Britt Baker doing her own thing. And you got Serena Deeb doing her own thing, and they're not like interwining at all. They've kept them three completely separate. It's crazy when you look at the AEW women's division right now, there's about six different programs going on inside of that women's division. I mean, even like Layla Hirsch and Red Velvet yes, are gonna get a, right. a, a big matchup at, at Beach Break. Um, they are doing more with that AEW women's division than what WWE is doing across the entire freaking company at this point. The problem is they need star power. That's the problem. Like the stories are good. The characters are good. They just don't have any star power. And then the bell rings and there's still problems there too. But I mean, I, I think that they're laying a really good foundation for this women's division. It's just, we need better talent. And, and that's not a, a rip on the talent that they have. They just got to get better. There, there's, there's so much young talent in that AEW women's division. They just got to get better. It's true. They do really need the star power. And Tony Storm would be that perfect acquisition if they yeah. managed to get her. Yeah. There, there, there's a few out there. Yeah. But Tony, Tony's probably the top of the list, especially when it comes to the entire presentation. Absolutely. But let's talk about Hook. 
Uh, what did we learn about Hook tonight, ladies and gentlemen? Hook hates streamers. That's what we learned tonight. Uh, guys, I don't watch Dark. I don't watch Elevation. I don't watch Being the Elite. Um, I do enjoy The Road 2 on occasion. Um, but Serpentico is this guy that I keep seeing his picture, and I'm like, that dude looks cool. And then tonight I got to see him get his ass kicked by Hook. Uh, Jimmy T, are you familiar with Serpentico? And what can you tell me about Serpentico? I'm only familiar with Serpentico via AEW. I don't have a clue what he was doing before that. He kind of looks like a poor man's Bandito, though. It's like you know a cross I mean. between Bandito and Blitzkrieg, going back to like the WCW <laughs> oh, Cruiserweight God. division. Blitzkrieg. Jesus Christ. That's a name I haven't heard in years. Dude, I, yeah. I'm telling you, man, I'm all about the luchadors, <laughs> let me tell you. I can tell. But uh, yeah, man. He I mean, looks badass. But I don't get the whole streamer thing. Like, what? I was, he went from like serpent to Spider Man. Like, what the hell's the going on here? He he never did that previously, as far as I remember. You know what I mean? That's a new thing, as far as I'm concerned. But uh, I'm glad he got his ass kicked. I mean, look at him. <laughs> Seriously, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, come on. <laughs> come Just on, look at this seriously. fucking guy. Kick his seriously. ass. I would be pissed off too, man. I'm glad Hook did what he did, man. I mean, see what what is this spider? freaking what is I, he i don't know what that was i <laughs> genuinely and, and commentary did a terrible job of trying to fill me in on serpentico chris are, are, are you familiar with serpentico at all uh again just from his work in aew um he's been there to basically take the pin on occasion uh he looks cool you're right he's got a he's got a very interesting look um the streamers were way too much and I'm, I'm 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 with jimmy on this if you're in the ring with me and you're wearing streamers i'm straight up smacking the shit out of you why are you disrespecting me like that don't wear your fucking streamers the ultimate warrior uh, would like a word um, yeah. <laughs> uh, let's let's That's talk awesome. about fucking hook hook is now four and oh all of his victories via submission uh evidently the red rum can be put on from a standing position didn't know that. Thought that completely changed the move, but nope, nope. <laughs> we're, we're going with that. Um, and and the hook thing. The more I'm seeing of hook, the less I am into it. I know that there's a lot of hookers out there, but uh, I, I, Jimmy, I'm just not one of them. I'm just not uh... feeling the kid. Like I see the natural charisma. Don't get me wrong. But I mean, I am not ready to make him the crown prince of AEW at this point. And people are ready to coronate this kid. People are like ready to put him in the ring with Cody or Sammy Guevara for the TNT title. And I'm just like, he's had like four matches and I, I'm not sure one's went over three minutes that he won by submission. Like I'm just every, every time he has to sell something, I'm just like, nope, I don't see it. I First of all, dude. It. He was that over. They were chanting his name before his match even started. I know. I get it. But <laughs> I just, I feel like Come it's on, too, man. too much too fast. Too and much I don't think fast. it's his fault, though. It's not his fault. It's probably the fans' fault here in this case, which is making AEW book him the way they're booking him. But at the same time, Jago, they're taking their time with him, dude. It's not like they're throwing him in our faces every week. He's become a bit of an attraction, actually. You know what I'm saying? And I think it's getting him more over and more over every match. That standing uh, Taz mission was, was great. I liked the fact that he was hanging. And it looked, cause it looked more brutal, man. It looked like he was legitimately choking him out. You know what I'm saying? I think the kid is great, man. I, I'm loving it. I'm, 
I'm on the hook chain. I'm and I'm a hooker, Jago. Jimmy T is a hooker. Everybody gets a turn. Um, <laughs> Chris, how, where are you at? Are are you closer to me or are you closer to Jimmy? Because I know you're you're somewhere in the middle. <laughs> um, I, I think that Hook might simultaneously be the most overrated and most underrated professional wrestler on the planet what? right now. Perfect. Um, the people who are talking about him as if he's the crown prince of AEW and he needs the TNT championship already, slow the fuck down. <laughs> he beat Serpentico. <laughs> yeah, this kid. I don't care who he beats, choked him out. He, He's got to be able to. He's got to be able to go for a little bit, and he's got to be able to sell, and he's got to learn how to do those things. And listen, he's got some charisma. He's got a good look. I like what they're doing with him so far. I do like the booking at this point. Don't put him in there against somebody important right now. Um, you know, and and as far as you know, people are annoyed, uh, but I don't think they're really annoyed with Hook. Um, it's like. Um, you know, we're, we're all hockey fans here, right? Listen, um, I don't have anything against Austin Matthews or Mitch Marner or, um, or or any of the people who work for the Toronto Maple Leafs, but their fans drive me fucking crazy, right. okay? <laughs> uh, it, it's the same kind of thing with Hook. I don't think anybody's really pissed off at Hook. They're pissed off at seeing a kid who's clearly not ready for the ball and having people scream about how he needs to be given the ball already. Um it's frustrating for us as fans. And again, I think he's simultaneously maybe the most overrated and the most underrated wrestler on the <laughs> roster. Yeah. there. I think there's a, another really, really good comparison there. Jimmy T, can you guess in professional sports what the best comparison to Hook would be? In professional sports? In professional sports right now. So is he, is he a player we're talking about here, right? Mm-hmm. Damn, man, you're putting me on the spot. I have to think, man. Well, who's that? This freaking kid in Chicago. Oh, wait a minute. The Bulls or Blackhawks? No, no, the Bears. Oh, the Bears. All right. The Bears. So the Bears go. The Bears, the Bears, the Bears, the Bears, the Bulls, the Bulls, the Bulls, the Bulls. So the Bears go and they draft this kid, Justin Fields. And before Justin Fields even steps foot in Chicago, they want him to solve all of the racial issues that are going on in Chicago because he's an African-American quarterback. They expect him to stop all of the violence that's going on in Chicago. They expect him to be the voice of the new generation of Chicago. And it's like, he just got drafted 15 fucking minutes ago. Can you all just calm the fuck down? And now, now the Bears go and they fire their quarterback or they, they, <laughs> they, they fire their head coach. They fire their general manager. And you know what these people are saying to me, Jimmy T? Don't. Don't tell me they want him to be the manager. Jim Harbaugh is going to come in. He's going to be He's going to be the head coach and the general manager. <laughs> to which my question is, why in the fuck would Jim Harbaugh want that job? Hey, man. Money. It's a you know terrible I mean? job. It's a t- You're at the University of Michigan making $4 million a year. Why do you want to take the fucking Chicago Bears job? That yeah, might be the worst job in football that's not the Dallas Cowboys. Not just that. They've 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 been pretty shit for how many years now? Oh, well, not, exactly. Not shit, but like, exactly. You know. And the roster is total shit, and the facilities are total <laughs> shit, and the city is total shit, the and the taxes are total nightmare. shit. Mm-hmm. I mean, like... Uh, come on, man. Look at the Bulls, though, man. Yeah, they're doing great. 
They're doing great, great. man. Luke it's Gafford a whole lot. Good. It's a whole lot easier to turn around a basketball team with five guys in it as a professional football team with <laughs> a fifty-two man. Yeah, no, you're right. That's true. That's true. You know, no doubt. I mean, it's Chicago, man. They overhype everything. You know how it is. Oh, I know. And it, it, they annoy the shit out of me. Like, and, and it's exactly the same thing. Like Chris with the maple leaves, like, you know, like I, I have nothing against the, the people of Chicago. I have nothing against, you know, the, what, what they're trying to do with the organization, but the bears fans, the yeah, bears what's up fans. With the, what's oh, up with the Leafs fans? Oh. You know how many Canadians I know, right. That are from Toronto that absolutely hate the Leafs. Which, which blows my mind. Like it's it's, it's because they're, they're very similar to the Dallas Cowboys. You ain't one oh. shit in freaking yeah. decades at this point, and yet you walk around like you're Canada's team. <laughs> Fuck you! Yeah. Ain't nobody even likes you here. No. You're a bunch exactly. of fucking losers. I don't think anyone likes them anyway, dude. But the second the second they win, like you know, six seven in a row. Oh my God! Here comes the, the cop. Parade. Here comes the, the cop. And then they lose in the first round of the playoffs. And it's a shame, too, because I don't mind the Leaves as a team, but... Do do you know why everyone in Toronto drinks out of of glasses? Because they don't win cups? Because all the cups are in Montreal. (laughs) (laughs) Do you know why the NHL won't allow uh, a hockey team in Hamilton? Why is that? Because if they got one, Toronto would want one, too. (laughs) Yeah, I mean... It's true. Shout out to all my Leafs fans. Damn, that's cold, man. You know what I did love tonight about Hook? I loved his promo. (laughs) I loved his promo. He said nothing. QT Marshall comes out and runs his freaking mouth. And Hook, rather than saying anything, just punches him in the mouth and drops him on his head. Yeah, that was good. And then stepped over top of him. (laughs) Just walked to the back, stepped over the top of him. Come on, the, man. The, the way they have great. booked QT Marshall over the course of time. Now, we all know he he really aids in the training of these guys backstage. I've got a lot of respect for QT Marshall, but his character on AEW TV is a stooge. Nobody likes QT Marshall. Um, is Hook going to squash this dude, or are we going to see a bit more out of Hook attempting to sell something? We're definitely going to see a bit more out of Hook, I think. Selling. I because this is what I'm worried about, Chris. QT no, Marshall think, went like he went like 15 minutes with Cody. QT Marshall yeah. is the wrong guy to do that. Yeah, um, I agree. Hook needs that at some point here, uh, and maybe but, quickly. I don't. I don't know that you even need to do it quickly. Um, at some point, he's going to need somebody who can give him the the William Regal uh, experiment of hey, <coughs> cough, I'm, cough, I'm gonna, Frankie Kazarian. Yeah. yeah. Hey, uh, we're gonna go. We're gonna go with ten minutes, and I'm gonna make you actually do some stuff to try to get a win here. Um, but QT Marshall is the wrong fucking guy for that. He is not. They, they they keep talking about him again. This is one of my problems with AEW. They talk about him as if oh he, he's he's a legitimate. He's he's whatever. No, he's not. And you haven't shown him to be that. So please don't fucking put him out there and have him go 15 minutes with Hook because you'll bury that fucking kid right now. Don't do that. You have Hook have a match with him. That's fine. Hook goes in, he beats him in five minutes. That's it. Oh, I hope um, you're right, Chris. <laughs> one more question about Serpentico. Um, because, I, I, like I said, tonight's the first night I've ever seen the dude wrestle. Is he oh. on the heel side of the ledger, or is he on the babyface side of the ledger? He's on the Wherever nothing they side. they need him to take the pin. Yeah. Well, because this is what I find interesting. Hook is 
still presented as a heel. Mm -hmm. He comes out of the heel entrance, but now they're putting him opposite of QT Marshall, who is also a heel and the fans are totally in the hook and everybody knows it. And now he's even kind of playing to the fans. Like they're turning hook baby face, even though team Taz is all heels. Like I, kind of confused how i'm supposed to feel about hook at this point it's called bipolar jago the, the, you know the quicker you get into the program the more you'll there get it that. right it, it, it's just what they're doing man they don't have a fucking clue how they're booking shit sometimes man i'm convinced what more i mean did they probably sit there and have meetings and say ah heels and baby faces don't exist anymore it's all a shade of gray that's basically what they're doing i mean shit yeah, that's not good. It's it's just not good. You need clear people that you want to win and people you want to lose. Otherwise, professional you have to have antagonists and protagonists. If you don't want to call them baby faces and heels, fine. If you don't want to call them heroes and villains, fine. But you have to have antagonists and protagonists. Otherwise, you have no story. Nobody cares who does anything at that point. You know, like Ozark is a great show, but I don't like Jason Bateman's character. He's not a good guy. <laughs> But he's the protagonist. Right. You watch it and you want him to be successful because you've made some kind of redeeming quality out of who he is. So he is the baby face of that show. Now, is he perfect as a baby face? No. And we don't need perfect baby faces in wrestling either. But you need to have an antagonist and a protagonist. And if you don't have that, your story fucking sucks. Period. Yep. It's like I, I tuned into SmackDown tonight. Not to go on a SmackDown rant. Okay, but so the main event of the night is Seth Rollins and Kevin Owens versus the Usos. And and the, the stipulation here is if the Usos win, Seth Rollins does not get his matchup against Roman Reigns. Okay, I can understand that part of it. But but if Seth Rollins and Kevin Owens win, then the Usos are barred from ringside. And they just, they kept hitting this point over and over and over about how, you know, unless the Usos win here, they're not going to be ringside to help Roman Reigns during the matchup against Seth Rollins. Why wouldn't KO just bugger off? Why are you encouraging the Usos to be ringside to help Roman Reigns cheat? Like, throughout the entire match, Mitchell Cole is putting this over. Like, oh, my God, what what are we going to do if the Usos can't help Roman cheat? And it's just like, yeah. what the fuck is the message that you're trying to put across here? I just... And this is why heel versus heel doesn't work. It just doesn't work. Professional wrestling in 2022 is some weird shit, Jugger. Oh, I'm telling you, it's just <laughs> awful. The best, the best part of SmackDown was watching uh, Pat McAfee throw a freaking dictionary at Mitchell Cole. That was that oh, was actually man. entertaining. McAfee is the most entertaining guy in WWE right now, man. Oh, just him throwing a book at Mitchell Cole, just absolutely. <laughs> I, I mean, shit I still think that Gunther is going to be the most entertaining part <laughs> oh of WWE. Oh I mean, the Germans are coming, and this time the Germans have proper German names. <laughs> yeah. And thankfully, the Germans are from Austria. Let's talk about uh. Jay and Jade Cardgill. It's your main event of the year. Yeah. And there is so much tomfuckery 
and camera tricks and four minute long commercial breaks. And I mean, you want to talk about smoke and mirrors. You had them all inside of this match, all the way down to Johnny Hungy getting into it with smart Mark Sterling on the outside of the ring. Um, I don't know guys like they are really hitting this 25 and 0 thing with Jade Cargill. I am terrified. I am terrified. Like the, even the graphic after the match tonight that they had up on the Tron was 25 and 0. Like she was the undertaker at WrestleMania. Um, I am terrified. They are going to try to run this thing to the Goldberg streak. That's like, you know, 154. There's only so much smoke that you can put in front of the mirror. I mean, <laughs> this was well, not good. Even with all the smoke and mirrors, this was not good. Like, I like Jade Cargill as a talent. I love the character. I'm happy she's the TBS champion. But, man, when it comes to that bell ringing, she's got to get better. <laughs> Ding. I mean, come on, man. Give her a break. Again, this is another stupid matchup anyway. No, I'm because... not going to give her a break. She is the freaking <laughs> secondary champion. Right, right. No, you're right. Like, Look, get it together already. Like, she should be squashing Anna Jay anyway, man. I mean, absolute annihilation. But, but I instead... mean, the, the problem is when I watch her in the ring, it is clear that she is not working with the people that she needs to be working with. Right, she needs exactly. to be working with people like Lance Archer behind the scenes. She needs to be working with people like Paul White behind the scenes. She is a monster compared to these girls. She needs to be going out there and working like Kane, not going out there and trying to be Nick Jackson. <laughs> yeah, no, you're right. Spot on. She, she needs to be resting like a big man. No pun intended. Yeah. I mean, because she's a big woman. I mean, and she absolutely dwarfs everybody. Her abs alone. She dwarfs John Silver. <laughs> yeah. Johnny Hungy ain't got shit on Jade Cargill. Her Hell arms are bigger no. than his. I'm telling you, <laughs> she's a specimen, man. Legit but, specimen. I mean, she she is kind of the opposite of Hook for me. Like, mm, she yeah. has everything together except for what she's doing inside of the ring. That's true. You know no, what I mean? Right. Like, Hook, I like what he does inside of the ring. It's the rest of the that I'm, I'm, I'm kind of worried about it's crazy it's Chris, actually crazy what do, what do we do with jade cargill at this point because you can only protect her for so damn long like i'm not sure i can put up with this for another year and a half to get to 154 and oh okay well first no one should work like nick jackson even nick jackson so this is true just, this is true just, i'm just gonna cover that to start um about the only thing you could do with her that might work that might work um is actually teach her the goldberg way and i know that that's going to make a lot of professional wrestling fans who have been at this a long time raise an eyebrow tell her to go out there and like run over people tell her to go out there and just run people over for a little bit to help her at least get that part of the of the job done you just have her go out there no smoke, no mirrors, <laughs> nothing. You just have her go out there. You tell her, you lay your shit in snug. You make sure people go down when you hit them with the clothesline. You pick them up. You hit them with the finish. That's it. You have her do that for about three months so that she actually learns just the offensive side of professional wrestling and put her in there with people who she, you're not going to hurt their credibility. You have her, you know, squash blue sky and 
red velvet and yellow snow and whoever the fuck <laughs> else they have on the roster that, that, that can take the pins. Yeah, the bunny, just... the penguin, poison ivy. <laughs> I mean, whoever you can find. Like, Abaddon. Yeah. That's like... about, that. That's about, I think, the best way that they could do it if they're set on having her be the Goldberg of, of, of the women's division. Um, then you have to you you have to do it slowly because you're right. You can't just do smoke and mirrors constantly. You can't do it every other week. And as much as I've said she's a star and I think she's a star, she also can't cut a long promo either. I mean, she she That's true. she can base right now. She can basically say this is that bitch show title and that's it. That's what she can do. So. She's got a great, uh, 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 she's got a look that you would kill for. If you were designing a woman's professional wrestler, you might make a Jade Cargill. Um, but yeah, in the ring, she is very bad. Like we, we talked last week a lot about uh, Luchasaurus. Uh, right. Luchasaurus is a thousand times better than Jade Cargill is in the ring. And um, that's, that's saying something. Uh, she so if you're gonna if you're gonna help her if you really if you really set on her being the Goldberg, just tell her to go out there and smash the shit out of people. And I think I want a little less Goldberg and a little bit more Brock Lesnar. Like just let Smart Mark Sterling handle all of the freaking talking and let Jade stand there menacingly because she dwarfs him too. Like she yeah. can just stand there and just look like a monster, say the that bitch show line at the end of the promo and and go home. Like because I, I think it's he's good a good booking, talker. but here's why that can't work. Here's why that can't work, especially in today's society and especially in a company like AEW. You can't have the white man uh doing oh, all true. of the control That's and true. talking for the black woman. You just true, can't do man. it in this company right now. I think it's the proper booking. I actually think that it's a significantly better way to book this, but they will not do it because of the optics. Yeah, no, that's yeah, that's a valid true. point. That's Spot a valid on. point. Jimmy T, do you have any suggestions then what we do with Jade Cargill going forward? Because I feel like this is going to be a long-term thing. Like she's going to have this belt for a while before somebody finally beats her. <laughs> and as she should, in my opinion. I, I think she should oh, hold on to it. Right. Yeah. But I agree with Chris 100%. You do that Goldberg sort of fucking run. You know what I mean? Let her just run over everybody. Hide her freaking weaknesses as they should be. But unfortunately, they're not. They're clearly exposing it every week lately. And man, if, even do an Ultimate Warrior run. Just come in, clothesline a bitch, and fucking one, two, three. Heck, I'd be impressed if she'd done Gorilla Slams. Right? Like, I, that wouldn't look good for her, man, as a finisher. Yeah, I think she do absolutely three moves and go home. that. Yeah, I mean, you know, the spear, jackhammer, kip up, <laughs> yeah. bleh, you know, like that, that was Mobile basically the Goldberg formula, right? I mean, <laughs> right. I mean, her music should be doof, 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 Cargill, <laughs> Cargill. Can you imagine Start that? piping shit. it in. <laughs> but only on TNT. We uh, only do that on TNT, uh, not on TBS. But if she's a TBS champion, Jago. Yeah, I know, but it, it's kind of a reference to the Nitro Thunder thing. Right, they, right, they, right. They only did it for Nitro. They didn't do it. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. That was perfect. See, there you go, man. That's how you fucking book it. <laughs> Guys, anything else that you want to talk about with Rampage this week before we get out of here? I think we kind of went through the whole show. Yeah. 
All right. Well, that, that's going to wrap things up for this week's edition of Rampage Uncaged, presented by the Hameen Media Group, channelattitude.com at the Hameen Media Group. Of course, join us over in the Hameen Media Discussion Group if you want to join the show live. You can keep up with me across social media platforms at Not Jargo. Jimmy T, how do the peeps, the freaks, and the Greeks keep up with you? Well, you can find me on Twitter at DJ Massifix and at the PWC Network. That's about it, man. And like and subscribe right here at channelattitude.com and at Hameen Media Group. Jimmy T and I will be back tomorrow with an all-new edition of The Blow-Off if you want to join us over in the Hameen Media Discussion Group. Sometimes I even send the link to Chris on accident. Chris, how do the peeps, the freaks, and the Greeks, and the Canadians, and the Canucks, and the Americans, and the Mexicans, and the Japanese keep up with you? Well, you forgot the Germans, but they can all follow <laughs> me uh, on Twitter at ChrisAms1. Uh, they can now um, follow me or, or add me on Facebook because I'm done serving my 30-day suspension that I served for sharing a picture of my two daughters playing on the beach. Fuck you, Zuckerberg. <laughs> Hashtag fuck you, Zuck. We'll be back <laughs> next week with an all-new edition of Rampage on Cage. For now, we're off like a prom dress. See ya! <laughs>